0: Hello, and welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life, and I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and see delight in a world that at times can seem gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way with the belief that to understand the light one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours we are given a gift to find the light which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson, and excited to be uh, with all of you tonight for another episode. I've got an awesome guest with me. Her name is Chelsea Waters. I actually have the privilege and the honor of working with Chelsea uh, with, for Merit International at the Provo Merit Hotel and Conference Center. Chelsea and I connected, oh, is about maybe three years ago.
1: Yeah, when, I, years ago. Yeah, when
0: I yeah, when I was an area sales executive for the City Creek Marriott downtown in the heart of Salt Lake City, and Chelsea, you you came um, from Texas, where you are originally from, yep. and you came in and remind me the, the position that you were at the City Creek Marriott.
1: So uh, I was the assistant director of finance. Assistant there, so director kind of, like- of finance. The number two in that yeah. department. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, and then, and as a young woman, you made your jump to number one over to the Provo Marriott Hotel and Conference Center. Yeah. And I was
1: 26 when yeah. I got that job.
0: And director of finance. I mean, you are you have a phenomenal career going for you. You do a great job, and I think the thing that I love the most about you is after. After one month of really, when I was an area sales executive at the City Creek Marriott, I wasn't on property every day. I saw you maybe once every couple of weeks, just for a few right. minutes. So it was nice to connect. Um, I was scared of Dave Washburn because I thought if, <laughs> I always thought he was going to talk to me about spending too much money or whatever on clients. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, right. So David, <laughs> if you hear this, I'm sorry, man. Um, but but I, I when I came to the Provo Marriott, um, it it was so refreshing to me um to have you there. It, one of the things that happened within the first, I, b- I believe it was in the first month that I was there, is you literally after at Marriott, we do a stand-up in the morning at nine o'clock and we go, we kind of have all the leaders standing in a circle. We go around the circle, how are you doing? What's happening today? Do we have any big site inspections? What groups are in house, this, that, and the other, right? And um w- when we were done with that stand-up, you literally came up to me and you looked me right in the eyes and you just said, I'm really excited that you're here. You have really good energy and I just love your positivity. And I remember just sitting there like, oh, thank you. Like, thank you so much. Like that meant the world to me, you know, coming to this property, um, only being there for a little bit, coming back to the property, obviously. And I think the coolest thing about that to me was I, I, I feel like I try and do that for people but I don't see that happening a whole lot in the world that we live in anymore. It's it, it's like people want to say nice things, but like if, if we do it where we look people in the eye and we're like in a one-on-one level, it kind of scares us and we shy away from those things a lot of times. Right. But, but I've watched you interact with, you're obviously one of the executive committee leaders at the property. Um, you make sure we all get our paychecks, which is amazing. Thank you very much through gotcha. 2020. It's been amazing, <laughs> but, 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 I watch you interact with the team at the hotel and I just love the way that you lead. Cause you, you lead putting the, the people, the associates first. You really do care about each individual and it's not just a thing. It's not just a job to you. It's like you, you've had sleepless nights through 2020 cause COVID has been insane on the hotel industry. Right? Right.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. I would definitely agree with that. I, I, I mean, i it's weird to even call myself like a leader or a boss. I hate when people even like go that route with me because really I i just am there to be a good person and help make good decisions for the hotel. Like, I mean, we're actually in opposite departments, you know, between you being a sales guy. and I spend it all on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I feel like uh, something that's really important to me. And I mean, it's definitely important professionally and I try and carry it over in a personal level is, you have to collaborate and compromise with people to to find happiness you know it's never going to be 100 percent my way or 100 percent your way so we might as well accept that and you know go 60 40 or 50 50 <laughs> or you know you know whatever that ends up being um and I think that just really goes a long way in really all facets of your life um so you I appreciate do. you noticing that as a leader because I I do try and take time and to call people out in a positive way when yeah, I see it, you do. because I do, I think it's rare. And, you know, I love seeing that happen to people and, you know, I love that making that happen for people. Cause I, I think when people are doing a stellar job, it's important to let them know, like keep killing it. Amen. Um, Amen. I've had
0: a, <laughs> if you want to reach goals, I mean, the best way to do that is, is go around telling finding the strengths of people and tell them how great they are at those strengths. And, and, you know, of course, then you got to talk the details, but you do a great job and, and your actions speak very loud. And uh, so that's an easy thing for me to say. Now, I'm not saying this because there is a potential chance that I could get fired during this oh podcast. Oh, my God. we <laughs> are <You're laughs> off the clock. Right. So, off the uh, clock 100%. Um, one of the cool, one of the really neat things, too, um, that has been very helpful for me is in my personal life, on my, on my journey, if you will, you know me as a very spiritual person, and you are as well. And it's been really cool that I can step into your office. I think I've, I've done this about two times now and i've talked to you about lgbtq as i'm trying to learn more and learn how to love and you know love out loud if you will and and not be afraid of that because i know all people on this earth are god's children and they deserve love and to feel special and important and you know what god doesn't make mistakes i know that right. and so i i trust that and so my job is to love i'm not the judge mm-hmm. you allowed me to come in your office be, and you because you're a lesbian and, and we've actually sat and we've had some conversations and I just feel like, you know, although we haven't had in length, long conversations, you, you have the kind of off optimistic mindset that I just felt like I want, I really want to know more from you. Like, I just feel like I want to learn. I have a lot I can learn from you and Mm -hmm. I trust I trust your feelings and I trust the the truths that you share with me of who you are. And so this, to me, this is a treat. And I feel like that obviously you're going to talk about that in your journey, but there's some other things too. Like we talk basketball, me and you, yeah, we, absolutely. you know, you probably talk it more with Jeremiah cause that guy's a basketball <laughs> fiend, but um, yeah. you played ball in college. You're a hoopster and man, I'll tell you what better you better look out nba because this this one may not even go to the wnba she may go straight yeah. to the nba right
1: you, be- you better watch out you know that's right you better I'm, watch I'm, out i'm a little rusty but you know pull yeah. out the shoes and we'll see what can happen i know right let's see so we can go <laughs> block
0: martin a few times so um so tell us i'll turn it over to you turn, tell us about yourself you know tell us about your wife and and you just recently got married but tell us about your tell us where you come from who you are and and let's get into your story
1: all right i mean you might need to ask me some questions. Guys, get, get me on track where you want me to go. But <laughs> um, basically, I, you know, born and raised down in the suburbs of Houston, Texas. Uh, parents got divorced when I was about four years old. So I lived with my, my dad and my brother, um, primarily had primary custody over there. Um, but super cordial friendly kind of divorce. It was just kind of best situationally. Um, Did you see so, your mom
0: a lot as a kid?
1: Yeah, and that's something, they they did an incredible job of keeping me on a, I was so young, so it was really, they did a good job of keeping me on a routine and schedule, and saw saw mom super consistently, saw dad super consistently, no questions of when that was going to be next, so um, I honestly feel like the divorce didn't have a super big impact on me, because being so young, I didn't have a lot of memories of them together, you know, I can like scrape the bottom of the barrel for maybe one or two, but, you know, most of the memories are, you know, post that. And yeah. as a kid, honestly, I reaped the benefits of two. <laughs> <sisters>. two yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so like as a, you know, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old, it wasn't really a big deal to me. And uh, my parents did a really good job of being respectful to each other and kind. And so, um, but yeah, I lived with my dad and my brothers. So it's like, you know, I grew up as a tomboy um, And that's kind of what I thought it was for a really long time. Uh, I guess looking back, you know, hindsight 2020, it is super, (laughs) super clear to me that I've liked girls probably my whole life. Um, If not my whole life, like definitely probably starting like late middle school, early high school when you really start to develop those feelings. Sure. Um, But I didn't really acknowledge that until, you know, I'd had my first girlfriend, which was I was a sophomore in college. So, um, when we're talking about sexuality, I, I, I think a lot of people consider that being a late bloomer when you kind yeah. of figure that out, especially looking at me as a kid and like, Oh God, it was so obvious for so long there.
0: Um, <clears throat> Is that, is that kind of how you feel about it? Where, where, would you say your brother and your dad look back on it and they're like, yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: Oh, for sure. Like <clears throat> when I, I mean, I called my parents, uh, we had that girlfriend and I had broken up and I was feeling pretty heartbroken about it because you know first relationship that that cuts pretty deep there yeah. um so I was feeling pretty bummed about it and was like I hadn't talked to my parents about it yet um you know, but I was feeling bummed I like needed that I just needed my parents you know I was yeah really close to the both of them so it was already weird for me I'd, to have not have told them that by then
0: oh they didn't uh, know at this point
1: no okay. so I just kind of so my girlfriend had kept it wanted to keep it hush-hush she actually had like pretty religious parents and like didn't feel comfortable bringing that to the table as we were you know 18 19 years old um and so since she was doing that I felt obligated to do that um, but then we broke up and I was just hurt and so i finally was like you know what f this i need to call my dad yeah um and so i called him and you know i told him was like basically like i don't think you're going to be surprised you know like so and so is actually my girlfriend and uh he basically I know. <laughs> like, is that what he said? Mm. So the just I mean obviously you don't remember these conversations word for word but like the feeling the vibe like, yeah. The the memory I take away from that conversation with my dad and my mom separate yeah. conversations is like I know. I don't care. I love you. Like yeah. I I care about the character of you yeah. and the character of the person that you're with and that's uh, that we want you to be happy and that's and so like coming out to my parents like duh, that was so easy. I should have done that six months ago, you know? Why like, didn't you?
0: Let me ask you that. Why didn't you? <clears throat>
1: I think the pressure of the girlfriend, like her wanting to keep it really discreet, that being my first real relationship. And honestly, the first time I really felt like anyone had ever shown interest in me. Like, sure, I, I would say through high school, I didn't have like any boyfriends or any, you know, any kind of
0: Relationship,
1: relationship like that. Yeah, okay. I had you know my my friends and yeah. you know so this first relationship of mine, I cherished and I just yeah. like you know silly dumb young young love where you just yeah. want to do everything to keep it perfect and not do anything you had, to je- you had jeopardize all it. the butterflies
0: and all exactly. The, yeah. It's
1: it's that you know that mm-hmm. really just young love. You know, yeah. just not and so I felt the pressure of that and then I just think it was like. God, I don't want to have to do this. Yeah. Like, it's, it kind of sucks that it's something you have to do. And you know, I'm glad that my parents just kind of laid off and like didn't kind of force that on me. Like I mentioned earlier, I've historically been really shy up through college. I was super, super shy. So I think having that brought up to me would have been too uncomfortable so i think my parents my parents read me right there where they kind of just let me approach them um and they i mean they're always pretty open like
0: um,
1: my dad's a super quiet guy but my mom is you know she's more talkative and silly and weird and she they they always both made me feel comfortable when i needed to talk to them about something so it was it was nothing on them it was me internalizing everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, and I felt a specific way about my parents. But then there's this whole other culture. and It's like these words finally come out of my mouth, and now, you know, maybe 12 people knew I was gay and had a girlfriend. But now I start to tell my parents, and then that tells my uncles and aunts and my cousins, and then, you know, then all of a sudden it's real, and like I'm out, and like this is this is how it is and um it took me a second to get comfortable with that just because it's I didn't grow up I mean I grew up as a basketball player but no one was really like outwardly gay that I was hanging out with every day um not until high school when I had a you know a teammate and a really close best friend that was gay and we honestly kind of gave her I don't want to say because we gave her a bunch of crap about it, you yeah. know, and like in a loving mm-hmm. way. Um, and so then you kind of take in all those things and you're like, yeah. dang, yeah, I'm this person that I just gave crap about, yeah. Um, and so I don't, I,
0: I'd imagine, you know, I'd imagine that it's not easy no matter where you live, right? Yeah. I think, I think our society. And, and no matter what the label is, but but especially in the LGBTQ world, once you come out, there's a lot of pressure on you from a religious standpoint. So I would imagine that although you grew up in Houston, which is like, I mean, we're talking, it's pretty diverse in Houston. Super, people, yeah. yeah, right. And people from all over different countries, it's still... It's still Texas. It, yeah, it's still Texas. <laughs> right, 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 right. Super red yep. state. Still yep. Texas. Very, very Christian, mm-hmm. like most of the U.S. is. And so obviously, with with uh, the you know the religious aspects, um, and then and then being lesbian, that's not an easy thing. That's even even though you know that you are, you've you've had a girlfriend for a while, you've got the butterflies, you feel it. That's you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you, you've never really dated before like, you know, that's you, it's still not an easy thing. Now, I love your, I love the way your parents responded to you and that, that you were safe. And the thing that your dad said about, hey, it doesn't matter. Like, I love you. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter. As long as you and your partner are trying to be the best that you can be, the other stuff, like, honestly, it doesn't matter. And I love that response because automatically it like, like sets you up for success.
1: Right. And honestly, what they said to me gave me such firm belief in myself and like being gay is okay, being gay is good, being gay is just as whatever is being straight. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then I was, I felt almost like bulletproof to like, like, I don't, it doesn't, I don't condone it. I don't think it's a good thing to do. But it honestly doesn't, if I overheard you saying fag, it would just roll right off my shoulders. Sure. Like, I I know that there's going to be people out there that are going to be not okay with it. And sure. to me, that's silly because I'm a stranger to you. And if yeah. you have some kind of feeling about how I live my life and who I love, despite knowing how I feel and, you know, really even knowing me, then that's on you. Like, that tells me you're either really uncomfortable with yourself or... There's just some some bad mojo going on inside there. If that really is bothering you about someone else's life, um,
0: I love I love that approach. I love lo- those words are so wise, because we do that to so many different groups, right? Not just LGBTQ, right. but like anybody who belongs yeah. to anything. Fill in that, the
1: blank. Yeah, yeah.
0: You put yourself like, in any kind of category with a label, and all of a sudden you've got people that will look at you and and put you in this general box, and and they look at you a certain way, and it's like, well, hold on, like ignorance, right. ignorance a lot like stops us from actually getting to know the heart and the soul of the person that's there. And there's so much value in every human being that sometimes we cut ourselves short and we, we lose, we miss out on so much by doing that. Right.
1: I, I think uh, if you've ever been a minority in any situation, then you have learned to empathize with other people. So whether you've been the only, I don't know, gay girl in your class or the only white dude on the basketball team or the you know whatever it is I think if you've been the minority in a group of people you really learn how it feels to kind of like not fit in and you know you don't want to do that to other people yeah. like, you know if you've ever felt that you really really do everything you can not to put that out into the world because it yeah. sucks and it's stupid and there's really no point of it it could,
0: no outsiders. Like yeah. I love someone someone said to me the other day, um we need people that will pull people in instead of push people out. Right. And and that that is happening. You see that very thick in our society right now. No matter what mm-hmm. what it is you're talking about, there's there's pushers and pullers and I I so much rather want to be a puller, not a pusher. Mm-hmm. Like come in, have a seat at my table. I don't care like i want to get to know you because you're a child of god and i love you that's the first and foremost like that should break down all barriers to whatever right and 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 create that safe place to say tell me all about you and i want to hear more and hey i'm not here to judge in any way and i mean that sincerely tell me everything about you so i can learn and i can grow and i can get better myself so going back i i know you you told your parents right Mm -hmm. and and they provided a safe place for you what about your brother
1: uh uh, uh, um well my brother it's been a up and down road with that journey um i came out to him i didn't come out to him at the same time as my parents did at the same time as i did my parents which is funny you would think you would tell your brother who's like in the ballpark of your age and you know whatever
0: is he older Um, than you
1: he's eight years older than me okay okay I mean, we grew up like the first part of my childhood together, but he was out the house at 17, 18, doing okay. his own own thing. So that, like, you know, what what I feel is like probably the most pivotal years of my childhood, he wasn't there. So I gotcha. I was like almost an only child for that little section of my life. I had like a holiday brother or whatever. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I didn't feel comfortable telling him when I told my parents in college, just because he had always been, uh, pretty conservative. He, I mean, just like kind of went the country route in high school, had, you know, the redneck friends, drove the big lifted trucks, like, just wasn't super where I wanted to be. I didn't feel like I, and we weren't super close, so I didn't feel like this big obligation to tell him, you know, um, at that time. And then, honestly, I want to say it was, I told my parents my sophomore year, and I don't even think I told my brother until I moved back home and graduated, I think I had finally been like, bang, like I live at home now and he's right here. And I think my sister-in-law at the time had told me like, like I was really close to her. She was like, Hey, you, he knows, you just need to have that conversation. Yeah. With him. And so I finally told him and he was, he was good. It was fine. It was like, a pretty, like, yeah, I know. Like, not like, like a pretty, honestly, very, unmemorable conversation. Really? Okay. Nothing like super affirming, nothing that hurt my feelings, just kind of like, oh cool, like that's over with. Like he took it pretty well. Yeah. I had a I had a girlfriend at the time, so I was basically like, Matt, you're gonna see this girl here a lot. Like this is my girlfriend. Um, so this
0: is this is not the first girl you dated?
1: No, this is the second girl. Okay. This was also a closeted relationship. Sure. Um and that one actually we can jumped down that later but that one actually probably had a bigger impact on me than the first one I gotcha okay it was longer and whatever but so my brother was fine with it we like hung out over there sometimes with him like whatever no big deal you know I moved to Salt Lake I that girl and I had broken up and um you know she, Haley and I we became yeah. best friends like you know um, honestly a few months after I'd moved to Salt Lake and yeah you know, a year into our friendship, we realized that there's more than just friendship there. Yep. And, you know, fast forward a few years and yeah, we, we got married in August and, yeah. you know, I think that has a line for us to find each other. Like yeah. she truly is my better half. And I think she feels the same about me. I think That's we awesome. Complement each other well. Um. So, yeah, so, you know, I in- proposed to her in April of must have been 2018. Yeah. 2019. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. One of those. <laughs> and so, and so You've been so
0: busy working on your backyard to yeah, get ready I'm, for the wedding,
1: right? I'm like, what year is that? How long is you engaged?
0: <laughs> well, nobody wants to remember 2020. Yeah. So it's all right. good. So,
1: <laughs> it, was, it was 2019. So, yeah. you know, obviously we get engaged. People know it's real. This is finally yeah. happening. We're yeah. sending out save the dates like boom. And then I get a, text or something for my brother in June and he wants to call me or something. Oh, this
0: is after you this is when we're
1: engaged. So yeah. yeah. And so it's finally like, okay, we're engaged. He wants to talk. It was kind of weird. And I we get on the phone and he's immediately like I could tell something's wrong. And I'm like, oh God, something who's dead? Like what's going on? Mm. Um and he finally just kind of like tells me he doesn't know how comfortable he is having his kids come to the wedding. Um, Cause they're, you know, they were five and three at the, at the time of the wedding. So they were what four and two then he was, you know, kind of talks about the religious side and it's a difficult age and, blah, 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 and you know, like I am livid. Like I like feel like fire raised from my skin mm, yeah. because it's not like, You didn't know I was a lesbian, dude. Like I've been out for years at this point. And my niece and nephew mean the world to me. Like they're being an aunt is like one of the favorite parts of my life. And there was
0: no there was no concern with you coming around before that.
1: No, Haley, I mean, had come come home with me at Christmas for the last several years. Like they, you know, like obviously you're not like making out with your spouse in front of your parents on Christmas morning. But you know, nobody does that right exactly but you know like we're we're super weird (laughs) it's gross no no, please never do that (laughs) and parents don't you ever do that for your kids either right right? yeah exactly so it's like (laughs) like no these toddlers don't know we're together but they had already had this association of chelsea and Haley because every time they called or facetimed cc and Haley were together and you know and so that's when i was like dude you're this is i don't agree with this i was super upset was like listen we can't have this conversation right now like I'm I'm probably gonna say some horrible things Uh that I shouldn't and so we basically hang up and um it was rough like I felt that was probably one of the most painful times in my life because it's your you know your family and you know, I, and I honestly didn't even feel like I wanted to tell my parents about this because like, I don't want them to feel like they have to pick sides yeah. or like, especially you my mom, right. My okay. mom, like I, I ended up talking to my dad about it, but it was like, I couldn't, I can't do that to mom, yeah. you, know? Yeah. you know, like you want to protect your mom.
0: Yeah. And
1: so I, you know, it's a long time before I even told her, Matt and I had like rectified everything before I even told my mom. Um, but I ended up saying, like, this isn't a conversation we need to have on the yeah. phone. I flew down, like, with, within a few weeks, and we kind of talked person to person. And we I had left Houston, like, we had come to a compromise. We were like, okay, well, maybe you guys don't come to the ceremony, so they don't have this question of wife and wife, husband and wife, like, yeah. that kind of thing. Okay. But how about you guys come to the reception, and at least we can have, like, this, big party and like big memory together. Yeah. And um I didn't feel awesome, but I didn't yeah. feel I felt like okay. We're still a year over a year out from our planned wedding date. So like yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Della is the smartest little girl ever. So she's chances are she's going to pick up on us being a couple before yeah. the wedding and then yeah. like this is all for naught. Um and so unfortunately, like, things with my brother's marriage started to unravel, and they got separated, uh, and, and, um, and, I mean, if there's one good thing that came out of it, it, there's a couple, I would say, my brother totally changed himself, he, like, seeked out help, he sought after help, he started seeing a counselor, and, you know, just start, like, dove in to self-improvement. Good for Listen, your
0: brother. It's yeah, listening to
1: podcasts, me. and yeah. just kind of, like, really, taking Wanted the, the time, yeah, he did yeah. meditate you know you just like make a list of all things yes. you can do to improve your life and he started doing it you know lost weight eating better like going crazy so cool. um and so he he knew his marriage was like unraveling he, yeah. he worked on himself and unfortunately you know it didn't pan out sure. but he's still like this better version of himself yeah um and then along with that him and i have gotten so close and good um you know we've had some like really vulnerable conversations about you know that whole situation between us about him and his marriage and you know and i think that the relationship that i have with him now is the relationship that siblings seek to have like yeah. i i call him on my way home just to That's cool. just for whatever like yeah. no intention just like hey what's up like he calls me for silly crap you know it's I love just it. You know, and I just think that we probably wouldn't have gotten this close without that kind of big boom. Yeah. That like, and the way things settled, we settled just so much closer together. And, well, and, and when you come to
0: a point where, when you love, when you love yourself, um, I have to care about how, how I word this, but when when you love yourself, and there's no more shame inside. When you own yourself because you love yourself and, and like all the flaws and all the mistakes, you, you look at those and you're like, dude, those things have been blessings because I've learned, I've grown. Like, yeah, right. I've fallen on my face a thousand times and I'll still continue to do it. But man, I've learned so much from the weaknesses that I have and what blessings they've been in my life. When you get to that point that you love yourself and you see that those things, those weaknesses and those mistakes as, hey, it taught me more than any other all my wins didn't teach me even close to the amount that all my losses taught me or my mistakes taught me. Yeah. And, and when you get to that point, all of a sudden vulnerability becomes very easy because you're not hiding anything from anybody. And if you can get vulnerable with people kind of like you and your brother did the relationship just all of a sudden like takes off and, and right. when, that, when that's a, you can talk about anything, you can talk about everything, and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it just becomes an unjudgmental safe zone of vulnerability, where you're like, hey, I love myself, and I love you, and you love yourself, and you love me, and, and let's just enjoy life together, and talk about all the crazy stuff, right? Right, and, and grow, are, and get
1: better. Yeah, those are like crucial relationships, whether that's with your brother, or your neighbor, or whoever, like, I think that's, a key part of a healthy life is having yeah. someone you can be like that with. Like Tell hopefully me, it's.
0: No, keep, no, keep going on that thought. I was
1: going to say, hopefully your spouse is like that. And yeah. you can keep that, that with your yeah. spouse, but anyone is good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I'm, I'm curious how, and, and I, good for your brother, Matt, See, what it seems like such a stud. And and I, I hope he'll listen to this podcast and I hope this question doesn't, I hope he'll take this in right with the right grain of salt, which I think he will. But I'm curious for you, um, being lesbian, when he, when he said, Hey, look, um, we'll come to certain parts of your wedding, but we can't come to the whole thing. Did that make you inside feel like, well, Hey, look, that means that you accept some of me, but you don't accept all of me. And that's, that's not okay. Like, how did that make you feel?
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's like, I I felt like the love had conditions on it,
0: Got it and
1: and that it was okay on your terms um, and that's what I didn't feel good about is like and you know it's like the longer after I reflected on the conversation like the more I like didn't feel good about the outcome but I was like just like whatever I want to have the kids there and who am I going to be paying attention to during the ceremony my wife so if they're not there not going to be the worst thing in the world Um, but yeah the more I thought about it it, it, that's kind of the more it stung and um but honestly then I don't even know how all all of a sudden after that conversation we just started getting closer and talking on the phone more and and then and then all of a sudden it wasn't like even a question if they were going to be there it was like I knew it like yeah. we almost didn't even have that have to have that that conversation like my brother would finally like was like so I mean we're coming I'm like well, yeah. I hope so we've been talking yeah. every yeah. week you know <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I, um and so it was just like a pretty natural like you know sometimes I think with conflict you especially after you have a it, you just kind of have to let it like ride for a second
0: yeah yep
1: um that
0: to me I love what you said. Love has no conditions, right? Like that is a powerful, that is a powerful thing because sometimes what we do, um, we're, we're imperfect. We're very limited in our thought process sometimes. And sometimes we look at people and we're like, I love that person, but but there's that thing or there's that something or whatever it is. There's that one thing that we judge about people. And so that love becomes conditional. Like, well, if you do that when I'm around you, then I don't want to be around you. I've actually, I, I can think of a few people as I say that, and that's really sad to say, like, I don't want to be that way. So, right. so loving without condition, having no conditions to give you love, that is a powerful and beautiful thing. And, and I want to come back to that, but I'm going to, I'm going to put us in reverse for just a second. Um, okay. So before let's, let's come back to that to kind of finish off. And I've got some questions around that for you, but I want to go back to what brought you to Salt Lake. Cause you told me before, when we, when we were talking before we recorded that you went through a really difficult relationship and, and it, do you mind? Cause you, you said this, sure. is, that was kind of like the darkest, hardest part of your life because it had something to do with basketball and you you were going to play in the nba right like the WNBA dream was to be dunking on cheryl swoop lisa leslie and all that right you you already know so tell me so, so walk us through that part of your life
1: yeah it was it was weird so i'd spent that whole time of my life or that last year losing this weight walking back on earning this spot on the team like really kind of just knocking out goals and becoming this person that i wanted to be and you know i looked in the mirror and was like yes this is the person i had always envisioned um and uh got a girlfriend she was one of my teammates um we were really just close friends to start and kind of similarly she just we ended up just having feelings for each other Um, sure she was it was kind of rocked the cradle there i was a senior and she was a freshman but I will say I was a young senior, or yeah, a young senior, and she was an old freshman. Gotcha. Uh, so she was uh, still in college, and I had moved home and was trying to figure out what was next with my life, and I think something that people don't really talk about and think about and talk about with athletes, especially student athletes, is what life is after your sport ends. Like, I had always identified myself as a basketball player, and now I'm a I'm done, you know, I played my college ball, and, like, I'm not moving forward with it, so I was having this, like, identity crisis of what's next, who am I, like, where do I go, Um, that relationship wasn't super healthy, she, like, wanted to keep it pretty private and confidential, like, she did not want her parents knowing, Um, she's first, uh, first generation Jamaican, and, you know, that culture just is pretty homophobic and like that's just not where their values lie and so she was super nervous and uncomfortable about that and I was fine with it to start um kind of just that honeymoon phase like whatever you say you know whatever yeah uh but as the relationship went on and I mean this was a long-distance relationship that went on for years um it just you know got unhealthy you know like if you've been in a relationship for over a year like that should not be something you are keeping private like, sure what like if you're not ready for that to be out then like you're not ready for that relationship yeah. and you know and it's hard because I personalized that situation like yeah. I made that about me and it wasn't that was something yeah. way bigger than me with her family and her and her, just her family's culture and so yeah. like, I got as time has passed, I've taken a step back and, like, respected that, like, no, that relationship was not right for me, and, like, it's over and whatever, but I can see, like, how challenging that probably was for her at this time, you know, reflecting back, but it was, you know, so I'm trying to figure out who I am. I'm in this unhealthy, long-distance relationship. I'm, you know, working, I've just graduated college and making, like, $11 an hour living in my dad's house. I'm, like, what is going on you know, <laughs> I had you know just kind of like rolled with the punches for a couple years I had gotten an accounting job at the hotel I worked at um working for, for Washburn and yeah um he had moved to Salt Lake and about six months later he called and was like are you interested in moving to Salt Lake City and my first response was hell no <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then you know the more I thought about it like, <clears throat> I was Like, I I can't remember if I mentioned it before we started recording or not, but I, you know, had just had this huge momentum year of my senior year playing basketball. And then I graduated and I was, like, ready to sprint. Like, I was bulldog, ready to run through a wall. And so I was feeling really ambitious with my career because, like, what else do you do as a 22-year-old? And so I'm like, okay, like, I'm sitting here in this hourly position. I could gamble on myself yeah and go go have my first manager job and like see what happens mm-hmm. and that relationship if that was a healthy relationship i wouldn't have done that i wouldn't have put that extra distance between us but i knew i didn't want to be there anymore yeah. once and so, yeah and so i was like okay like i'm gonna move we'll probably break up like whatever um and so i took the job and i was mm-hmm. super proud of myself it was a you know, my first manager job, like, went from hourly to salary, like, yeah. you know, like, really just what I've been working for the last few years, um, and then that girl and I had broken up probably two or three months after I moved there, and then that's just, like, really when the novelty of moving to a new place wore off, and I I learned what it meant to be alone, Yeah. and to feel alone, and to to look forward to Monday so I could like have a conversation with someone and not sit in my apartment all weekend watching Chopped like
0: (laughs) (laughs) like, Chopped I
1: love it yeah so it was it was hard and um Mm. you know like I have come out of my shell a lot but my nature is like introverted and shy so moving to this new city and not really knowing anyone, it was, it was challenging, and, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky for the, the City Creek Hotel, because there was a really, really awesome group of people working there when I started, and, you know, after a few months of those work interactions, and organic relationships evolved, and all of a sudden, I have these real friends, and, you know, I went from like the darkest time of my life to having the most meaningful relationships with people that I'd ever had and having true, I have your back, you have my relationships. And that felt different and actually having people love me for my true self and not putting those conditions on it and like thinking the weird stuff is funny and thinking the crazy stuff is cool. And you know, just, like, really letting me vibe out and be myself and encouraging me to, like, just keep it rolling, and, you know, so those relationships changed me. Obviously, one of those people was Haley, and um, she's incredibly special. I think anyone who's met her knows that.
0: She's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, so she's, I mean, she's super kind. Uh, She thinks she's nicer no she thinks I'm nicer but she's she's quieter
0: she's quieter
1: she's quieter but she's she got the super kind big heart yeah. super forgiving I mean she's got an incredible story that you would never believe um I love it. for for her young age but um yeah so I felt like things kind of played out from yeah. the getting the job in Salt Lake to meeting Haley yeah. to I, ended, I get I got this random promotion that kept me in Salt Lake an extra year, and then yeah. like you know just random stuff that kind of yep. landed me right here, which you know some days I take for granted, but like even listening to your podcast, talking to you, you know we live good lives like we yeah. we really do, and yeah. um i'm I'm appreciative of the people that uh we get to see every day, and i uh, awesome. i just I just think that you know, things lined up the way they were supposed to. They do. And I it I, wasn't always good, good times.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a great story. And now was the darkest time when you moved to Utah and you felt alone or was it when back in college, when you said you kind of quit the team your junior year and mm-hmm. then you came back and worked your way to get back on the team.
1: Right. Yeah. I, different feelings. I would say that in college, that was like pure shame. Yeah just feeling
0: like a failure right
1: yeah like and I not quit. only like a failure yeah like i did that I to quit. myself it's not it's not yeah. like i like stayed on the team and rode yep. the bench like that's a different yeah. level of failure but i literally walked myself into an office and handed failure on a silver platter to myself yeah
0: yeah uh,
1: we're moving that was a lot of situational stuff like and it was it was lonely it was really yeah. lonely but i think being alone helped me kind of see who i was yeah, and what i'm right. made of and you know you know you don't, you really don't know what you're made of until you have to
0: amen um, until the and, going gets tough the tough get going right that's saying you know right exactly one of the things i've always i've said in the, in the in the reason for the podcast is you have to go through dark to know the light right to see the light a little brighter and and you literally said that as you're sharing your story um a couple couple things i want to hit on is is there any any other things you want to touch on with your story that to kind of complete or are you ready for some questions
1: man i think i'm ready for questions let's do this
0: yeah let's do this i gotta ask i gotta ask one of my bosses a question right now
1: oh my god (laughs) yeah
0: here we go it's gonna put you on the spot um Thank you for sharing. And uh, you said some so many really important things. First of all, you said something about authenticity, right? You, you've got to find, you've got to be who you want to be and who you feel that you are. All of us kind of have these glimpses of of our best selves as as we grow up and that's who we that's who we want to try and unleash right that's who that's who our authentic self is and that's who we want to unleash and until you're living that way you're kind of living a lie and so you 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 shade yourself if you will you keep things back you're not you're not willing to go and really open up because you're not confident yet but then also you don't know who's safe right you're you're not right. really there and so you can't really do that and and i just got to say something about relationships as you talk about haley i think i just think in my mind i'm like that's love that's unconditional love kind of like what you talked about earlier it's not conditional love and and when i think of conditional love sometimes we get ourselves in relationships where that the person who claims to love us has all these expectations for us it's like we if we will measure up to this expectation they'll be satisfied or they'll be happy. And and we may even be guilty of this ourselves, right? Like we have certain expectations with people and if they reach those expectations um, or those goals or whatever you want to call them, then we're okay. And 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 our love will continue to grow. But if we don't get here or the expectation is this and and we don't make it, you know, whether it's a job a career or a a personal um, attribute, we're trying to grow on or whatever it is, there's an expectation there. And so that is, that is a condition put on love. And what I've learned about my wife and and Haley sounds very similar to this. um, I met my life, my wife, when I was at my lowest low. And she saw a glimpse into my heart and she loved me unconditionally because she saw who I was and that did more for me to drive me into who I wanted to be. And I'm not saying go look for those people that are like shattered and on rock bottom and, and love them unconditionally and they'll soar. That's not what I'm saying. But there's something about the power of unconditional love that transforms lives for the better. And it helps us become so much better than we, we are alone or that we are when we're trying to like live a, a, a lie, if you will. Right. Tell I mean, me Yeah.
1: I mean yeah. if you I would say that I go up and down with my self-love sure but then that time when I met Haley and we were friends like I was not loving myself you know I just through this not good breakup and you know all these things were going on hard and then there's this person that I really admired and thought was a cool person and I'm not even like that I don't even have romantic feelings for her yet I just think she's a super cool friend and she loves me, yeah. and that solidified the love for myself. Yeah, and think of what that could do if we all just treated like people like that. Like if you could make someone feel a little bit better about themselves, you don't know what that's going to do internally for them.
0: That's powerful. I it like is. Some love. that is really cool. Tell me this: when you moved to when you moved to Salt Lake City, Utah, I have to imagine that you had some preconceived notions of like, okay, <laughs> I'm a lesbian. I'm going to Salt Lake City, Utah, the capital of Mormonism in the world, right? The Church of yeah. Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. And and from what I understand, those, you know, that religion is not okay with this. What was that like? Was that scary for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, did a few Google searches and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, what am yeah. I getting myself <laughs> into? And I mean, I was really lucky with uh with David. He was Yeah. I mean, he, he's LDS, and yes. he was really good about, like, hey, you ask me questions, you, you tell me if you hear something and you are wondering about it. Like, he did everything he could to make me feel comfortable, but he also was like, hey, I want you to realize that, like, this is downtown Salt Lake City. Like, this isn't, like... Suburbs or whatever. Exactly. You know? He was yeah. like, you know, I would say that Salt Lake... Is different than what I would the, what you would think it's a lot yeah. more modern and liberal than than I expected yeah um, I'm, I mean part of it might be because we work for Marriott you know <laughs> like we, we work with people that are from all different types of yeah. uh, all, from all over the world all all different types of people um, so it was pretty quick for me that I like let go of that I will say getting the job in Provo I felt that all over again. Did and you? Also, I was like, okay, I've been like pushing my luck here yeah. in Utah. <laughs> now I'm going now to I'm, Utah County. Yeah, no, I'm going to go work in Provo. Here yeah, we go. Right and, next to BYU. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like this isn't going to work out. Like this is I'm going to have problems. I'm going to like, it's inevitable. I've like prepared myself. And I told myself when I got that job, I mean, this is the, this is a direct, a director level job. This is a big deal. I'm like, I will not be closeted. Like, I'm going to wear the clothes be I want to wear. I'm yeah. going to wear the shoes I want to yep. wear. I'm going yep. to be an out person because it's important. And so in my interview, you know, I came out and basically said, you know, this is me. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. Cause like, yep. Can't change this and um obviously that didn't matter to John and Uh, uh, it was it was never an issue, honestly from like I was concerned about it driving in that first day and by the time I drove home that that night I was like, Yeah, this is this is not gonna be a problem. I I hate that we
0: have to talk about that though. I hate that like I hate that for you it's a thing where it's like I have to worry about that every Everywhere I go, you know, it's kind of like the Black Lives Matters thing. Well, mm-hmm. a lot a of lot, what a lot of us Caucasian people understand is like, hey, look, you know, these people are crying out. And what they're saying is they, they, they live a different life than us. And whether we see that or not, that's the reality of it for them. And that's true. And it's real. And I hate that we have to like that as you sit here and talk, I'm sitting here listening, going, gosh, nobody should live in fear of being judged like that and, 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 and missing out on opportunities because of who they truly are. God doesn't make mistakes. You know, like I, you know, I, I, I love my heavenly father and I see all of us as his children and we're so unique and so special. He doesn't make mistakes. And, um, yeah, we make mistakes, but he doesn't make mistakes and he loves us. I mean, I'll I'll go off on this tangent later on, but I, I just have to, yeah. Right. Um, I just have to say, I, like you, you have a bright, bright future ahead of you with Marriott International. Marriott International is, you know, obviously founded by LDS people. Uh, the Marriotts are a Mormon or LDS family, and the thing that is so phenomenal about the culture of Marriott that they have created is its love. It's it's right. come to the table as you are because there's a seat for you. And we are not here to judge you, but we are here to empower you and enable you to be the best you that you can be, whoever that is, right? And, right? and and that has taught me a ton, and and I I just I feel so connected to that. And you have you have nothing to worry about. I I think I I think what's so cool about Provo too is is it's changed a ton. You know, I think yeah. some I think the the younger generation growing up they kind of get it. You know, I think they they see really clearly that. Like, hey, look, you know, even even us God fearing God loving people, we straight up recognize that the commandment is to love. It's not to judge. Yeah. It's to love. And we love all. So
1: Yeah, I think I think just the younger generations it's a lot more inclusive. I, I think as we get older, you'll see a lot more love and I'll see a lot more just being open to each other. Um, yeah. At least that's my perception of how things are going.
0: I love it. Yeah. Um, tell me, tell me how you know. Couple two more questions. How do you know for anybody who is trying to learn more about LGBTQ and how to really be an ally? Um, how do we make sure that we're safe, right? That 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 people who are LGBTQ know see us and go without us even knowing they go, they're safe. They're not safe. Right. Cause I know we all do that with certain groups, but like, how do you know, what do we do?
1: Honestly, one thing is watch your face. I mean, first three actions are really important. And so if I see a disgusted face and then a pleasant one, it's hard for me to focus on that pleasant one. So, I mean, if you're genuine and wanting to be an ally and you're genuine And truly wanting to get to know someone for themselves and their heart and who they are, that's going to shine through. So if you're genuine about getting to know someone, that's it. I mean, if you want to have a conversation with me just because I'm gay, then that's uncomfortable. Yeah. But if you want to have a conversation with me because you're my coworker and we've, talked basketball and we've like you know had water cooler talk for several months and you know you feel like a different connection to me i'm going to talk to you all day and answer every weird question you have because so i would just say you be genuine and then make sure you you've developed a little bit of a relationship because there's nothing it's it's it would be strange if acquaintance came and started asking about your marriage totally totally think about it it's just 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 as the same as a straight person, like uh, and their relationships, you know, you want to make sure you have that, that base of a, a relationship before you go down that be, road with somebody. Be
0: genuine, care about yeah. me, not my, not, you know, not what I am, care about me.
1: Right. Exactly. I like
0: it. I like it. Good, yeah. good response. Good response. Thanks. Okay. So tell me, um, I, I kind of end my podcast with this question. You ready? I'm ready. Ready. Game time. Who? Um, were you a Bulls fan back then? That's not my question, but were you a Bulls fan <laughs> back then? Who did you cheer for? The Rockets. Yeah. Okay. You were like Hakeem? like Hakim. yeah. I mean, yeah. I was
1: pretty young then, but from yeah, from they when a, I remember what they won they a won few back I, then. Yeah, I was a little little kid, but yeah,
0: the dream. Hakeem, the dream. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, so those darkest moments, like, you know, whether it's in college, going through the basketball scenario, or whether it's coming to Utah and, and just feeling that loneliness, those darkest moments that you were in, feeling alone and and, and feeling like, what the heck, you know? Um, what's the gift that that moment gave you that's, that's blessed your life moving forward?
1: I think I have two things I want to say. Okay, awesome. I think the first one is, Kind of related to going through that low point in salt lake um i learned who myself who i was and i try to stay through stay true to that and stick stick to that and i formed the most amazing relationships friendships that i've ever had because i really found who i was on top of that just kind of throwing in an lgbt twist like i've had straight friends literally days before my wedding like sit down with me and Haley hold my hand and tell me like you changed how I look at love and that you know y- you two love each other and that's it and so being your authentic self will get you around the people you need to be around yeah um, and you're gonna you know gravitate towards that same energy and people will gravitate towards you um, so if you know what you want and you you hold true to that and it'll come and Uh, then the second thing I would want to say is do the nice thing whether that's like apparently I made an impact on you by just telling you I thought you were really great and you know that wasn't super memorable for me I remember doing it but it wasn't very memorable
0: (laughs) you're like I didn't say that I just mixed them
1: up (laughs) right but that clearly made an impact on you and whether that's like you know, people have brought me a coffee because they could tell I was having a hard day. And, you know, that was a grand slam of a gesture. Like, just do those little things for people because going back to the genuine thing, like, I love puts it. good out into the world. So if you ever when in doubt, do it.
0: Yeah, oh, that's such good stuff. Um, Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah. And, uh, I, keep, go that's ahead. what
1: you're doing. I just, I love what you're yeah. doing. This is a really cool it's
0: fun it's fun like i'm i'm just it's gonna be fun to watch your career with marriott you've got a a bright future i mean you're under 30 right you're 20 (laughs) how old are you 28 28 28 my gosh and and it just i'm excited to see you just grow and develop and marriott's not going anywhere covid tried to knock us down a little bit but it's not going anywhere and marriott
1: uh, survived
0: yeah that's right and uh thank goodness because of the people that are with marriott right but Mm -hmm. you're phenomenal and um Thank you for for sharing your story with us and and uh one of these days we'll take it to the basketball court and we'll we'll see who can drop more threes on Martin and, and, and
1: Oh, there we go.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean <laughs> this guy comes in and brags every day about to us about dropping threes. We're, we're going to rain on him. So Yeah. You're welcome. awesome. Thank you so okay, much. And Mike. and my invitation to you is just just keep being your authentic self. I mean there's there's so many of us that are are just limited in our mindsets and and we've got to get to the point where loving somebody is far more important than judging somebody or or trying to put people in boxes before we actually get to know them and who they are and i just you know you're an amazing person and and it would make me so sad and sorry if someone did that to you without actually talking to you and seeing how cool you are so
1: well thanks mike i think you're doing something really cool and i I think you're putting a lot of good out into the world. So
0: I hope so. Thanks so much, Chelsea. Yeah. You're awesome. All right, awesome.
1: well, have a good night, man.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. I would love to hear your feedback. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform you use. If you or someone you know has a delightful story to share that I need to talk to, please email me at cometowardsdelight at gmail.com.